0: Hey guys, everybody, welcome tonight to another episode of Biomast. I believe this episode is going to be called "A Wild Election Appears," and for the record, none of the hosts other than Sarai had anything to do with naming that. Uh, So tonight we have a little bit of an interesting show. If you're listening to this, you're probably listening on iTunes, or you're in the show because our live stream uh, isn't up right now. But rest assured, if you're listening to it, all is well. So. Uh, we have a pretty neat little guest panel together. It kind of came together uh, sort of out of the blue, so to speak, but we have a really nice group on tonight. So we've got Appia back uh, for her second go-round on the show, uh, Cross, Iron Wolf, Saber, and Jackal, and it looks like we've got Expelled Dust back. So we have basically a really, really solid panel of uh, vets and uh, experienced folks, many of which are running for the CPM Uh <laughs> And uh, we'll be monitoring our Skype channels and tweet channels, so uh, hopefully we'll get some questions on those. I'll be pinging guys back and forth as we do. Uh, But like always, we'll start with some intros and talk through some things. And I think some of the topics we're going to talk through tonight are a little bit relevant in terms of like what kind of events that CCP could do for the sh- for the community of dust and um, and a little bit about the current event that's going on which is kind of interesting get to name your own rifle that kind of jazz but it does encourage a fair amount of proto stomping not the really thing anything that CCP ever does hasn't encouraged proto stomping so we'll kind of we'll kind of work with that and then at some point, We're all going to share who we think everybody else's theme music should be since the the pre-show, which none of you normally get to hear, is is filled with uh, some pretty... Pretty interesting jabs back and forth about who should who should get whose theme, theme music. I know that means nothing, nothing to most of you that is li- that are listening to this on iTunes, but I can assure you it was quite funny for the five minutes before we started recording, and it'll probably flop horribly when we actually try to talk about it on the show. So with that, we'll start with introductions, and uh, for the record, uh, Soraya Zell has changed his name again, because normally how we do this here in Biomast is we go right down the list of the recording room in alphabetical order and let you introduce yourself. Because he took so much shit for changing his name to Ah Soraya so they could go first, he's now changed it to Candidate Soraya And I'm also still mentally moving him to the end of the line. With that, we will start with Appia Vibia. Appia, can you give us a quick uh, intro?
1: Um, Appia Vibia, potential candidate for CPM1, um, longtime Dust player, big fan, Long-time listener, first time caller. No, wait, second time
0: <laughs> word i like that okay and
2: cross Cross the two a member of covered interventions and osg
0: i'm a cpm one candidate and all-around forum nerd yep and he's probably got the best smooth fm guy voice of anybody in the room as well uh it's iron it's Wolf it helps <laughs> i love it <laughs>
3: I'm Iron Will Saber, I'm CPM Zero Secretary, and I'm also one of the best, for. Oh, I
0: want to say best, but one of the more prolific foreign warriors. Yep. Quantity is a quality unto itself. I believe I've heard that before. Pokey? Uh,
4: Pokey Draven, I'm CEO of OSG Planetary Operations and co-host here on Biomass. and I'm also a CPM One candidate.
0: Alright, cool. And by the way, just so everybody knows, he's the resident straight man in the room, so we can... He's the guy who will play the jokes Oh, it's just well. that's just cool.
1: It'll Oh, you meant that way.
0: And Black Jackal, who is, as we all know, the Thunder from Down Under.
5: Seriously had the music queued up then anyway, just to poke at you. Uh, I'm the Black Jackal, former CEO of the Southern Legion and founder. Uh, also one of the forum's uh, more out there ideas guys, I suppose you could say. And uh, is it possible CBM one member?
0: Awesome, and I'm Jason Um one of the co-hosts here on Biomast. I'm a member of OSG Planetary Operations and Covert Interventions Alliance. Um, on the EVE side, I fly with my uh, with my boys from Contraband Incorporated, so uh, all of you that are in the Amar Losec and adjoining Nullsec areas, I'll be trolling you soon. Uh, with that, uh, let's kind of open it up, and we'll talk a little bit about uh, kind of the new event that's going on. Jason, and- I
6: will stab whoop. you.
0: <laughs> sure sure you will brother <laughs> i have a smart bomb with your name on it in fact i'm going to put a bounty on you later tonight it'll work out beautifully so
6: the
0: um,
6: um, I, go I, ahead man i'm, I'm sorry no, as i'm an alliance leader in uh in the alliance top men in dust 514 um i am a co-host here on Biomast, and uh i am uh also running for cpm1 um believe it or not my my uh constant screwing with my nickname on the mumble server is actually an attempt to get him to uh implement some uh more fair and just solution like randomizing the names uh every time he goes down the list but i I think that's too much effort for him maybe so you know we'll see how we'll see if i can convince him i'll I'll keep working on it
0: um this is working out great you're making me actually provide structure so that i can continue to poke you so so you're achieving your intent (laughs)
6: Right. Um, so, and, and the other thing I wanted to throw out here while I have the, the floor is um, uh, I, I was given the blame for the, uh, the episode title, but this is actually, um, this is Cross's title. And uh, as soon as I heard it, though, I knew it was uh, was the title for, for
0: tonight's episode. So,
6: This is what happens when you allow Skype
2: to determine your right. actions.
0: no that that's that's a fair point but that's okay it's it's not about skype it's just about my you know ease of reading for me just because i I remember that when we had the uh the cpm panel on that that one night we had like nine or ten people in the room and i'm trying to like juggle order uh so that you know that like like one person didn't get get to go first every time for the questions and so i was like no fuck it i'm just reading them all straight down the line that's it so with that, we'll move kind of into the show. Uh, and what we're kind of talking about tonight is, is kind of a mixed bag of topics. But one of the, the things that they have going on in-game is the um, – I think it's called something like uh, de- destructive data mining or some kind of jazz like that. But long story short is they have a slew of light weapons that are uh, that they've pinpointed that they're going to have an officer variant come out. And essentially whoever gets the most kills within the next, uh, I think, a couple, three weekends or something like that. Uh, you you effectively get to name the weapon, you know, within some standards in decency or whatever. But you have to one, agree, agree. Yeah, with you, CCP. yeah, you, you have to put something that's going to be acceptable to CCP. So that's that's kind of an interesting thing, and and I would like to point out, but you know, a couple things about this. One, it's this is actually something that. The dust community had pinged the community managers, the CCP community managers about several times on uh, a variety of different forum feedback posts when they were asking like, hey, what are some community events you want? I remember reading those uh, over the last year and and repeatedly, this is actually something that would come up where you could have events that would drive you to name, have like drop suits named after you or um, you know, weapons or you know things that things like that. So, so this is in an in, in, in an interesting way. It's kind of something that the community's definitely asked for, uh, and now the now what we're doing is we're laying it out. We're going to see how it uh, how this all kind of shapes out. Now, the interesting thing is, I think all these weapons they're talking about are essentially all proto weapons, and that does drive a lot of the proto stomping. But then again, I don't know. In all honesty, I'm not really entirely sure that it would be any more or less than you normally see on a given weekend. It probably just more a little bit attuned to it. So, what I'd like to do is kind of just kick the ideas around uh, to everybody. You know, if you've got like a weapon you're particularly going for that you think you want to make a run at, let me know. And if you already have a name in mind that you're willing to share, that would be pretty cool. So, uh, with that, we'll kind of start it off. Anybody want to volunteer to go first?
6: I was just going to say that I think it's a, I think it's a really cool event. Um, because, I mean, concerns about the proto-stomping aside, which I think for the people the people who are going to make this run are probably proto-stomping anyways in a lot of cases, um, but I, I think the really cool aspect of it is is that uh, even, you know, so Dust has a certain, you know, we all have kind of come to the acceptance that Dust does have an expiration date somewhere, but with any luck these sort of custom things that have been made you know like the naming of the planet uh you know from the earlier tournaments being able to to be involved in the naming of weapons those are things that can hopefully be carried through into legion in some form allowing dust players kind of an exclusive uh, opportunity to make a permanent mark um and i i've always been really excited about the the few opportunities that they allow that
4: yeah, I think it, it kind of gives a, a better sense of being involved with the game rather than just logging in every day and, and you know, shooting shit. I think it's kind of cool to actually have some involvement with the community and, and give them a, a sense of, you know, I can still change the game even though the, we're, we're with the situation we're currently at. It's, it's kind of depressing to, <laughs> to many people, but I think being able to, to actually kind of get in there and, and leave your mark in, in the game is, is pretty cool. And on that note, the uh, the pokey plasma cannon will be mine. Just that's a challenge to anyone out there who wants to to go at it.
1: Hmm.
0: Oh, that, that should be pretty good, actually. Yeah, you're actually getting pretty good with that thing, Pokes. I've I've seen you rolling with your Glintek Commando and that thing before.
1: I'm gonna have to jump in on this then. Let's, um, let's do it. <laughs> I I really don't like the event. Um, just because there's no there's really no point unless you know you're gonna win, and the fact that it's only on a weekend. Even if there's four four weekends that's going over, including the one that's just about to end. Um, it just seems like if if you know you can't dedicate the time, there's no point in trying. I I was excited, um, at first. I'm like, oh, I can go for my favorite weapon and I realized, no, no. Then I would have to compete with the people that are no lifing. Then I said, okay, maybe I can try the Plasma Cannon, because I do love it. So I was dual-wielding Plasma Cannons, the Allotech. And I just realized that, again, another part of the event is about who faces the worst opponents. And, yeah, this just this isn't a fun thing to do. But I might, I might go spend another, like, 200 million on it next weekend.
5: <laughs> I, I, like, I like the concept of... Um... Giving us the ability to move into and, and make permanent changes into the game, especially getting either officer weapons named either after us or after something else we're, we're naming or whatever. Um, but I'd like to see events not focused on the Slayer role, uh, if that makes sense. With weapons, it makes, makes sense. You know, you're using those weapons, you you deserve to sort of get them, and it does sort of do that. But something like a, an event that encourages... Uh, Repair tools, or something like that, something along those sort of lines, or something encourages something other than the slaying, which is something I'd like to see next.
0: That's, yeah, that's actually that's actually a really good, really good idea. The um, I I can't remember what it was. I think it might have been like the. Morty's trials, or something, or the not the Morty's trials, but there was an event maybe about a year ago, a little, over, a little over a year ago, where it was not just kills, but they counted like things hacked and you know all kind of other random shit. Th- that strikes me as that that might be kind of interesting, but you know for the point at hand, it, I do really like the idea of players, you know, kind of leaving their permanent mark in, in the game in a way. And, and the reality is, it's an FPS shooter; it's an FPS, so. Uh, other than killing people, that's there there's a there are there's some, there's a lot of options, but that that's really the one that will bubble to the surface very quickly, I think.
5: especially when it comes to weapons, yeah you know, obviously weapons are designed for killing people. so you you know you know if you do so if you do something based on something else, like you want an officer uplink or something like that, clearly you do something based on uplinks, although that would be hard equipment spam.
1: because there's not enough of that already.
5: Yes, exactly. It would just be bad. Yeah,
0: I don't know. It, it could be it could be a lot of fun. I mean, there, there's a lot of different ways you could you could play it, but that's that's always. I mean, I, actually, one of the things I thought would be uh, interesting, and this is I, I can't remember who who originally posted it, but is in one of these feedback threads where this kind of thing comes up, and just like you had the devs who had uh, named dropships or dropsuits and vehicles, like have like a contest or something like that where the uh, where the winner essentially you, you get to post, you post up a suit, you know, you have like, you know, the app CK zero or whatever with, with, you know, a fit that you lay out and you get to write the backstory blurb that goes in it, that kind of thing.
1: Oh yeah. With, um, like fiction behind it, that would be an amazing one.
0: Yeah. That was the original idea. It was the, um, guy who was the community was the community manager before saber wings. Anybody remember who that was? It was commander Wang, right? uh
3: ccp falcons uh commander Wang, and you also got on um, frame
0: okay i i think it, i want to say it was commander wang but that that was one of the things that actually gained some steam on the forums for a little while um around the first of the year was that that discussion was naming something but the idea was like custom drop suits uh which i thought was a, a fantastic idea uh in and, in and, and kind of an interesting way for folks to leave their mark and in and in all honesty uh, I think what you guys said it earlier is like, if all this does move to Legion and they keep the names of these things, that to me is uh, a, a, that'd be a great gesture to a lot of the veteran community. Is that you know the footprints that you leave in dust now kind of get to echo in Legion. It's a small thing, but it would, and it would but I think it would mean something to the community.
6: Yeah, and I, I mean the the planet naming thing would be another thing too. Is if they could, you know, take you know PC in its current form probably will never you know. Work in in legion of course but you know those who've really met a certain mark um in it could potentially be allowed to name some of the planets in the area um similar to the tournament rewards is kind of i i really like the the permanent landmark thing and it's it's a nice thing too that some of the people who won't make it to legion because they're ps3 only they can they can still leave that that mark behind
4: yeah, and they really shouldn't underestimate what that actually would mean to people, I think, you know, it, uh, and a lot of it, I mean, the, the reason people got so upset over this, this Legion situation is that, you know, they, they love Dust so much and I think their their reaction is so strong because of their love for the game. So I think they should really take a look at and understand that, you know, people care a lot and giving them something where they can actually leave their mark and, and be a part of, you know, what they worked and, and played and played for all these years is, is is pretty huge. I think it's something they really shouldn't underestimate.
0: Yeah, I mean, and ultimately it costs them nothing. It's literally the amount of time it takes to type in to whatever the entry field is in their in, the, in their code or their backdrop or whatever it is to, to make that happen. So that's a, that's actually pretty good. Um, let's see, Jackal, what do you think? Are you is there any particular weapon you're going for, man?
5: I'm actually looking at the barrel rifle, but unfortunately, it's an extremely popular weapon. Um, obviously, being Kaldari slant of my character in game. Um, I've obviously gone for the calda weapon, but unfortunately it is extremely popular to be used by anybody so i have probably not got a chance of getting it
0: yeah, no, I totally understand that that's uh let's see I was looking at potentially doing like a swarm launcher thing like run an a v but in all honesty, I think Appy is right like i there's no way I have enough hours to devote to uh <laughs> to the event to to even come close to cracking it so I'm just having fun with it right now.
4: Just uh, use the flame lock; it'll be all set. No one uses that. Well,
0: no, that's what—that's what I was telling guys. Is like if you really—if you want your best shot, stay away from anything that's that's like a mainstream weapon. Like pick pick everything but a like a light weapon rifle, basically.
3: Unfortunately, most of your sidearms do not qualify this go around. There will there may be an event for it though eventually.
4: That'd be pretty legit. I, I'd give that a go. Yeah, that, the, that would the pool make it is somewhat
2: limited right now. It's uh, assault rifle, combat rifle, rail rifle, scrambler rifle, laser rifle, mass driver, plasma cannon, sniper rifle, swarm launcher, forge gun, and HMG. And just
1: twelve. Bombs. So getting, getting
6: enough swarm launcher kills to be competitive is actually probably hard.
0: No, nah, I don't know about that. It's, it's if you think about it, you can do it. All you can because they're counting kills. They're not counting vehicles destroyed. Because a lot of times you can you can nail a vehicle, particularly dropships, and it's usually. You know the pilot. Can like, no, you can
1: never get a kill on a dropship because no, all, they get... wait, They're too long in the air, and so people just jump out and end up killing themselves by running yeah, themselves no, over. That's, just,
0: that's what I'm saying. Is they usually get falling damage, escape.
6: but doesn't count as a kill by the swarm launcher. What you should
4: really yeah. do is run as a squad of nothing but swarm launcher users, and you know, just yeah. you're, you're splitting kills, but your chance of actually dropping the vehicle are a lot higher than
6: squad of well, storm I mean, commandos. What you do is you have a whole oh, team yes. of swarm launchers, but then you you always make sure that that last you know burst or two goes to the the same person it's like playing chicken
3: well i as an omni soldier don't have access to any prototype weapons so i might as well just forget about this event
4: <laughs>
1: i i actually I trained last a
4: proto just to do this event
1: i'm I'd, I'd say i'm an omni soldier considering i've got all 20 rule suits i've got six wait i've got 20 proto weapons Jeez. and yeah I don't I don't think an army soldier should be excluded from this because you should be able to cover all aspects, including the the prototype weapons. Huh?
0: maybe maybe that's the uh, which would probably be more difficult to manage, but that's what you that might be an interesting event for the next time is the number of different types or styles of kills you can get in a, in a given period.
2: I actually still see a ton of RE kills, which is something that was interesting to me with this event. I expected only proto-weapons and only the ones on the list and got RE kills in the kill feed at least 25% of the time all across the board well, for my playtime this weekend.
6: A lot of people aren't trying for the event. I mean, you know, there's I'm not trying for it. I, I know there's someone in my, my alliance who's trying for it, and I think he's probably doing quite well. Um, But, you know... I personally am, am not going for it. so,
2: Which sort of shrinks the pool to a degree. I mean, obviously those who are consistently playing and playing heavily who want to do it have a distinct leg up, but with the frequency of, yeah, I'll play, but I don't really expect to be in contention that I've heard going on both on and off the forums, it seems like the pool of actual contenders for it is probably much smaller than it may seem.
6: Well, that's because, I mean especially when you're talking about those medium rifles um you're going to be looking you know for rail rifle scrambler rifle um assault rifle and uh, combat rifle your winners are going to be the the people who literally got up at downtime and played straight through <laughs> two days straight um you know and and rinse repeat the next weekend just in case
0: well i mean if you i think if you look at the the leaderboards by week um, what I've found is that a lot of those people tend to use, like, in the lion's share, a single type of piece of equipment. Uh, th- th- that's probably the people I would put my money on to win, in all honesty. And, and, they're, and it's probably not going to take that much more effort than they would normally put in anyway. Well,
4: plus, if you're like me and you like killing proto-suits, this is actually a really good uh, event if you want to go and use cheap gear, like remotes, to to rack up, you know, a lot of proto-kills, because people probably will be running with those proto-weapons so their, their chance to, to win at this. So, you know, it's it, it works on both ends to some degree.
0: Uh, the, the only thing I would ask is if they could bring back, the like, if they could bring in the nades for this, I would be a huge fan of that. Then I would probably actually try to win. Uh,
4: the CCP is waging a war on grenades. You should know that by now.
0: Yeah, I'm acutely aware of that. Thank you.
4: <laughs> I'm still perplexed by that. I have no idea. People weren't asking for it. I never really thought it was an issue. And they're like, yeah,
1: I disagree. Gonna... People were definitely asking for it. no, yeah, They were asking There's...
0: for it six months ago and then people started throwing REs like Frisbees and then people forgot all about grenades. Yeah, also that's been pretty back much, the much the my point.
3: experience. Also brings back to the point, if you nerf REs they're going to just go, uh, go back to their fallback plan. Well,
2: well, but that's a little bit more of a role definition then. Grenades, especially the locusts, that's their entire role. That's what they do. They don't really have any other function, even theoretically.
1: Uh oh, but the amount of damage they do, it's just <laughs>
0: It's yeah, but it's uh it's it's still a grenade. It does seven hundred fifty HP damage. That's it's what it's supposed to do.
5: As so opposed I mean, to an RE that does cities. like
0: twelve to
1: fifteen hundred. I mean What's the RE's mostly supposed to go for vehicles.
0: But I would say that sailing. the vast majority of things they kill aren't vehicles, though.
1: Right, I mean, like, unless you... I mean, now that we have, like, actual... You can put them on walls and things. They're not just this obvious little black disk on the ground. Yeah, that's fair.
0: But, but I, I would still you- like to see the nades back for it. I'm sorry, Pokey, I didn't mean to cut you off, man.
4: I don't know, I'm just saying, I think I think it might be the arm time is probably some of the issue with the, the remotes. You could increase that and kind of remove the, the frisbee effect and not really remove their other roles. which I I a I of, like, the, the traps and the and sticking you into walls and ceilings and all kinds of fun places, but, you know, being able to toss it and detonate it, you know, a second later is, is obviously problematic.
6: Honestly, they probably need a, a timer closer to, you know, four or five seconds to use them. They should be a plant as a, you know, you sh- they should not be used when someone is pointing a gun at you already. <laughs> well it might be a uh, little
0: long but yeah, i actually it's definitely longer than it is. I, I was kind of I, I was kind of thinking through this and par- part of it is what you shouldn't have is something that's like a drop and throw away like it, in most games that i've seen when you plant like an explosive like the ubiquitous block of c4 or, you know whatever you, there's actually a like you, it takes a second for you to pull it down it, it should almost look like a a freaking nanite stab mechanic where you Go down. You like drop your hand on the ground, or you drop it on the wall. Or you sticky it on the wall, as opposed right. to literally just flinging it, at, you know, at somebody. But that requires
6: uh, actual animations.
0: No, I know that. Yeah, and, and you know, if we state, had actual
6: animations, yeah. you would actually see people getting in and out of cars. Oh, well, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you right now, that, that
0: if,
1: like, <laughs> people, can, people, can,
0: people can talk about anything they want in the game being uh, you know broken, this, that, and the other. People raged on my rail rifle. People raged on my core locus grenades, which, by the way, for the record, I had all that shit before people said it was OP. And uh, the the thing that bug, bugs me personally the most is the heavy that teleports out of a lav so that he's got his extra, you know, like almost 2000 HP that he can roll up on you and then just like blink right out in front of you and mow you down with an HMG. To CCP, I say, fuck you.
4: See, I'd be fine if they just added a like a hold the button to exit or enter a vehicle and just make it like a second long or something. So they have to stand there or stop there for a period of time before they can hop out, rather than just you know wow. tap it once you're out, tap it once you're back in. And that's what makes it really ridiculous. I
0: mean, like a, like a, just like a delay, like once you initiate it.
4: Y- yeah, I mean, kind of like uh, vehicle recalls. You got to hold the button down and a little oh, timer starts okay. spinning. So something like that. So they can't just roll up and hop out. It actually takes some time. And it's not an actual animation, but it kind of simulates the idea of okay, I'm climbing out of the vehicle, or I'm climbing back into the vehicle, and make what? it a little less ridiculous with you know, boom, you're dead. Now I'm gone, and you have no way to retaliate. No,
1: I'm being sarcastic when I say this, but if you take if you add that, how am I supposed to solo or play, be a solo player with an HMG? God, that's so unfair. Well,
4: I mean, clearly the, 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 the solution is you give heavies just like a, a passive thirty armor HP a second regen, and well, that sir- would make it possible. <laughs>
6: I was talking – I think I saw a post in the Legion forum that uh, one of the devs was suggesting that perhaps with – they might not have animations for Legion's launch for vehicle entry, but they were talking about making it so that you have to be on the side of the vehicle – to get in a certain seat so you know if you wanted to get in the gun slot you'd run around to the back of the the thing or if you wanted to get in the passenger seat you'd be on the passenger side and if you want to be in the driver's side you do actually have to get in and out from the driver's side of the vehicle um it's not bad and that that definitely seemed like an appealing idea to me it's it's not an end-all solution but it, it does make it at least a little less uh abusable um but well, I, I really going in, in is an the
0: problem, is the getting out, is the book is yeah. that kills you. Um, I'll be
2: honest, while the stuff is um, clearly broken to a degree, I don't mind the heavies caravaning around, because they're the only kills I get with my proxies. And a lot more of them die that way than you might think. They use really cheap labs most of the time.
0: True. I, I think that's... I watched a guy the other night in a match effectively like personally screen the red line, and he was he, he shall remain nameless, but he's a very very good player. Uh, the reality is what he and, and he is even without using this mechanic, and he was pretty smart about it. He'd used his, he used his he uses lab and he patrol around the the compound that was closest to our red line, and effectively he killed like one by one everybody that would stream down from the red line. He would just. He was devouring all these like all these dudes as they were coming down because he'd come screaming up in his lab, jump out, shoot him, jump back in. And I, and then uh, he got me twice this way, so I peeled off and I stopped and I watched him run in his little, his little attack drill. And basically I was like, okay. So I pulled back, uh, sat in my rail rifle, and I was waiting just outside of his his HMG effective range. I was like, well, when, as soon as he jumps out of the car, I'll put DPS on him. He's out of the car, kills the guy and back in the car, and I've got the reticle on target the whole time, hammering him, and I can't kill him fast enough. By the time he gets back in the car, and so finally I had to had to like run, run, find a supply depot, then get AV. So I shoot him with the AV once, and it blows his lab up, kills him. So then he goes back to the same compound. He just sits right inside the doorway, waiting for everybody to just continue to feed in. A really smart tactic, you know. And trust me, I'm not not pinging on the guy for that, but. The fact that you that a heavy who is designed not to move very well for a reason, uh, because they become you know like OP and shit, uh, for him to basically control that much ground with that lab, mostly because of the teleport in and out mechanic, that was ridiculous. That's
2: uh, mm-hmm. also the malicious scanners; they don't
0: help.
1: Since since maybe one, I mean, since they took away the the logi LEDs, it's I I can. I can think of 10 people that I've been court-faced with, and I'd include myself in this, that just run around in a BPO LAV in a Templar Sentinel, um, and just with a boundless HMG. You can just go in, go out, you can go into the red line, get the kills, come back out, go back in, go back out, back and forth, and it's just one of the best ways to rack up kills. It's completely stupid, but most of the people that are good at the game are also going to be the ones that use the cheapest, stupidest, worst tactics that are just awful.
0: No, and trust me, I don't fault anybody for using the tactic if it's offered. My point is that it's one of the long litany of things that that (laughs) clearly should have been addressed in in Dust and and hopefully will be addressed in Legion in some form or fashion.
4: Well, and just kind of think about it, as we're talking about it here, what you could do with that that timer concept is that you could make that timer different depending on what kind of suit you're using. So, like you said, the heavies don't move around so well; it takes them a little bit longer to get in and out of that vehicle, opposed to maybe a scout that can, you know, <laughs> jump over the door or something. So it it, it can. It kind of encourages, you know, certain kinds of gameplay, knowing you've got limitations based on what frame size you're using.
0: Yeah, no, I'll, I'll buy that. The, I mean, at, at the end of the day, the reality is, if if a proto drop up link, which really does teleport you through a wormhole, is slower than you getting out of your jeep, that's that's a problem.
5: That's a good point. So, no, I'm not really a big fan of um, up links, personally. So.
0: I knew see, I shouldn't have said that because I knew at some point the. The, the thundering rumble of uh, you know somebody doing some shrimp on the Barbie would say some shit about uplinks. All right, so Jackal, I've got I've got to ask you this: Can you tell everybody out there in the listening world why you don't like uplinks? Because you usually okay. will stop and make sure people know that you don't like uplinks, even if we don't ask. you.
5: That's fair enough. I don't I don't like passive equipment. If that makes sense, that you throw down and it just activates. It um, included nanohose by the way, and I play cardiologics logistics. Um, i don't like nano highs. i don't like the fact that you can throw them down and then just keep going it's uh, a mechanic that disenfranchises teamwork um you don't need to transport people via vehicles because you can just uplink in it. it's a lot more efficient a lot a lot more cost efficient as well and it just detracts from teamwork um whereas if you had a yeah, or something say a spawn beacon that you can equip or something like that on yourself that then they can spawn around you it it promotes teamwork because they have to be with you you can't just drop an uplink and run off and do something else you have to be at the points you have to be guarding defending or whatever or working with your team in order to effectively use it same with uh ammo regeneration uh or you know that sort of thing with nanohives have a have a module you put on equipment piece of equipment that passively has an aura around you that slowly increases um ammo supplies within within the radius of you so it encourages people to be closer to you and be as part of a team than throwing down something that you get more points from despite the fact you're on the other side of the map.
0: That is, I, I have to say, I know I poked fun at Jackal before we did this, but there, there's a couple of things going on here in a couple of different levels. They they do generate two different kinds of kinds of gameplay. Uh, and for the record, I actually think both are valid. What What I would prefer to see is Uh, A bit of a hybrid where you could have like a proto module that was like a mobile CRU beacon, and you know a probe, you know like a proto like nano hive, you know backpack or some shit. But basically, you give the player both options because there are legitimate tactical reasons when you would want to hardpoint a location or put in specific types of uplinks in different places.
5: But that that that's the thing. I, I I want them to actually stay with the point. At the moment, you can. A lot of time in, say, a skirmish battle or a PC match or something similar along those lines, you can hack your home point and then virtually move on. You know, you throw down your uplinks, you, you throw down three uplinks or whatever there, and you move on. Um, when someone dies and you know someone's at your, at your home point, you can just spawn back there. Or people, I've seen people suiciding in order to do it. No, if that no makes Jack, sense. I, I agree. What, if you, I'm,
0: what I'm saying is look. that I, I think your idea has merit, but you should, that should be an option. It shouldn't be the way because what you would then then do is define how other ple- people should play your game, as opposed to giving people an option to do either one. And I would tell you I could find great tactical use for both.
5: Yeah, but as an option, if you had the option to throw down something and then move on, aren't you going to use the passive ability or option no, more often than you would use uh, th- um, Not unless, at you, all. unless you had some benefit. Uh, unless you had some huge benefit for using no, the one that you would yourself.
0: No, I think there's there's reason to do both. In, in fact, what I would probably what I would want to do if I was running an uplink suit, uh, if I was running a scout, you could do you could do it one of two ways. If or like a, a, an uplink styled logi, I would have one mobile and one droppable. And The droppable one I would want to put in um, essentially as a fallback spot. If all else went to hell, you always had something there. So even when you got killed with your mobile. Uh, that's like a secondary. That's literally like the emergency uplink, you know, when you're trying to defend a piece of real estate or, or what have you, or it's like the assault position that you can always stage guys on as you get, you feed into a building or a compound and get killed. But I would love to carry the mobile because as a lodgy, I, I I function much better when more people are around me. And the more... People spawn within like a ten meter bubble of me. Better, I better I work. So there's different uses for different ones, and I would tell you if they would give war points for guys with vehicle vehicle crews, which I'm, by the way, I'm am a ginormous proponent of people having getting war points for mobile I, CRU on a vehicle vehicles, I would do that, and I, I think that's I think that's that'd be a highly utilized tactic with the way ADS's can stay in the air, and you put a, a if you could put a mobile CRU on them and not really crush their tank too much that would be a fantastic way to move guys around the battlefield and if you could just but i think that's something that you should get war points for just like when i think you stab somebody with a needle and in a minute we'll get into why happy thinks needles are horrible uh, but yeah. when you stab somebody with a needle you should get the same amount of triage war points for the healing which would as you would with a rep tool that way it would actually encourage people to run higher quality danite injectors I, that I think, sense? This
5: one, I think i think the actual problem though with needles is that people don't clear the area they stab you the needle and get the off. that's a
0: totally separate issue than than what i'm talking about though it's like you're just talking about being you know smart tactical play at that point not not just the actual mechanic of, it's not of the tactical
1: uh, play it's exploiting a mechanic to get war points
2: this is um, actually <laughs> highlighting the issue with having uplinks as a spawn on player thing because you think people scream about being revived in a hot zone if you're spawning in on someone and you can't see the area around them due to the way that scanning works, you can be spawning into fire and not know it, and that's going to be a thing that will absolutely happen if you tie spawning to someone's suit.
6: I would you're be, guaranteed it would, it would camping
2: make... if the person's actively in the battle; otherwise, I they're would going to be really hiding somewhere.
6: Love to see deployable spawning leave, except for maybe as a as really a thing for um, carrier class vehicles like dropships and and uh, you know uh, probably Mavs. Um, because I, I would like to see more combat around, like, the CRU as a secondary objective, as being a very important, you know, tactical control point, which it really isn't, except for an annoyance that it's there. You can't I, it
2: I disagree with I that, though, so, yeah. pretty thoroughly.
1: But going no, but but on with the crosshair um just yeah if if you were to spawn in on people that would be bringing in ambush style spawn mechanics into <laughs> domination and skirmish just yeah. to yeah, all, pile into alive. this thing and kill everyone
5: only if they left the guy alive generally if there's only one guy left and you're spawning into a combat zone due to that he's surrounded he, if he's not dead he's probably playing it
0: no but i would also no. it's say like Caldari
2: to... scouts right now if you want to keep the scans on the field you hide you keep the scout out of combat so that you have that asset permanently on the field. Loggies would become the same thing. It's another player that will be camping somewhere away from combat, doing nothing for their passive ability to be ticking off. It takes people out of the game.
5: It can also put people in the game though. That's the, that's the thing, and also make uh, transport vehicles a bit more uh, prolific. Also another pro-
0: can- go ahead. A- go
3: ahead, uh, Another problem I can see with this is that it gets rid of another role: the um, equipment disposable guys.
1: Yeah,
0: I'll buy that. I mean, that's why you carry flex grenades for the most part.
1: I mean, it's not really a role. It's more of um, your first target should be to take out uplinks and equipment before you push in.
0: No, but I think what he says, it's not the guy, but like you really do. Like it. Like other than some very specific situations, flex grenades become not not very useful at that point.
2: Yeah, it really flattens gameplay.
0: I mean, I, I, and again, I, like I think, and, and I come down sort of in the middle line position of all this, is that I think there are great uh, tactical uses on both ends, but they're situational. And if you give the options to the players, then guys can do both, do one, do the other. I, I'm okay with that. What I don't like doing is trying to dictate what, how people should play. Speaking
1: um, of having options, I should have the option not to be revived in my 87 HP Mimitar Scout man. suit.
6: A freaking man.
4: Yeah, it's kind of that sad. It exist. all that exists it. pretty much every game of the revive mechanic except for Dust.
6: Yep. I that's That's been one of the biggest peeves I've had since the game launched. I don't understand why CCP thinks the way they do on this and, and why this wasn't absolutely a top priority. On a related John.
2: issue, KDR is bad and it should feel bad. It really has no place in a game like Dust. That's also true. I'll buy that.
6: I've always liked the war points uh, per death metric because it's it's a bit more um, assuming that war points are halfway balanced, which they're usually not. But that the general concept is that logistics and uh, you know other roles like that are e- equally valued in a metric like war points per death and hacking and, and is represented.
1: Militia nanite injector, sixty war points per revive takes no skill. Oh, how many? Oh, you only get fifty for a kill, and you actually have to you know. Sacrifice, armor, ammo, uh, put yourself you, in danger. I,
0: I have to tell you this. I, I was not going to bring this up, but you, you've sort of forced my hand. Any time that most of us see you that it, in a blue situation, everybody immediately dumps their suit and carries nanite injectors just so that we can find you on the battlefield. I want you to know that.
1: I'm just That's... so glad you're all such terrible players.
0: <laughs> no i mean no seriously I, I will say this though you bring up a really good point though, appian and, and i'll tell you and again i'm a dedicated Logi bro so what i would tell you is i don't think you should get 64 points for a militia revive i think you should get like 25 okay but then the amount of armor that you that you regen that's where the rest of your points come so because right now basically you it's more, it's far more efficient to run a militia needle or actually a standard needle because you shave like one or two PG off of it. Um, you run a standard needle, which costs nothing uh, basically. Uh, and then I stab you and then I stand back and I rep you with the good rep tool. And then I reap, reap points. That's actually if you wore a suit that had HP in it, by the way, but um the, I don't. I think that mechanic is sorely out of balance because you're right. I, like that standard level injector, which all I have to do is roll up and hit R1 or circle, um, gets me, nets me those 60 war points. And it could mm. very, very well p- put you in a bad spot. What I think it should do is only give you 25 war points uh, unless you've actually skilled into the needle. And by the way, if you're somebody who's actually put real sp into nanon injectors you might be smart enough not to revive you in front of somebody that's going to get you both killed
1: if you're still running a mitar kaldari suit there's no armor on that to revive
0: yeah and
1: but but even then it'd be far better to use a standard um rep tool because it's done on cycles war points are done on cycles you get up to what was it like you can get 15 cycles of war points from repairing
0: yeah, no, 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 no. But what I'm saying is, like, it should be a flat, like a flat call, a flat cost based on, or a flat gain rather, based on uh, repair. the HP. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah Establish an actual war point per HP repaired ratio. It's been something that I've been asking CCP to do since bloody Closed Beta. The entire equipment line, war points wise, is deeply buggered, to put it bluntly.
4: Well, they went the easy way and went with cycles rather than actual, you know, HP you know, restored. Right. I mean, I would probably argue you don't even get the flat rate. I think it should just be, you know, the equivalent is if you had repaired them, that equivalent amount of HP is what you would get in terms of war points for the revive. Because it shouldn't be, oh, I should use a crappy needle so they have less HP, so I can use a crappy repair tool to repair them for longer to get more points out of it. That's just stupid.
2: Yeah,
0: I could, I could buy that. I, I mean, yep. I could work with that
2: and that promotes actual scaling. I mean, you don't see decent needles hardly ever outside of key and very select PC situations because, honestly, the present system actively de-incentivizes the use of anything beyond that 30% needle.
1: Well, also, you're better off taking a fourth, equi- fourth or third equipment slot than a needle because it's so fucking useless.
0: Uh, I would. I, I think that's your that's your subjective opinion. I would say there's plenty of times when needles... That is my subjective opinion there's as plenty of time a, time a PC needles... vet... Well, that's fine, but I would tell you there's plenty of times when that, that needle has gotten a heavy up off the ground and back in the fight with a, like a core focus or a six-skin reptile on him, and the dude Im- immediately turned the tide of the fight. Yeah,
2: 100% needle on a armor-buffer tanked Galente Heavy is not irrelevant, and, assuming and that party- it's not also broken with the animation and the ability to target and all the other endemic issues to the revive mechanic itself.
6: And when you're talking about a, a like an old classic clone pack fight where you had a hundred or a hundred and twenty clones, yeah, that revive tool starts looking real good. Well, and not and, to mention
0: that too not... No, go ahead, Pokey.
4: And just because a module feels useless in PC doesn't mean that it's a useless module. I mean, PC is only a part of the game, and to say that you should remove it from all aspects of the game is is pretty
0: narrow minded.
1: I mean, it should be removed from the game because you can't choose not to be revived. The, and well, it's not better not the, to have it than when oh, okay, you I, exploit you're, you're people I choose
0: to do a lot of things my, but, my, <laughs> like assuming... I can't choose not to get shot by a combat rifle, that doesn't mean I don't want them, want them there
4: yeah, I mean, yes, it, it's it's annoying that you can't choose to revive. I mean, that's that's terrible. But in the end, you're really only losing KDR, which is irrelevant anyways. But yes, you're right. That mechanic to deny the revive should exist. But in general, the, the, the nanite injector should remain in the game because many people use it to, to great effectiveness. And in, in I mean, would be a completely different point a if a like it it's gave abusive. you a set
1: amount of HP instead of just armor.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's fine. But but that's that's what we're getting at. You're you're advocating that. The, the piece of equipment be just stripped from the game. Why not? But we're, what we're all saying is that it needs to be adjusted. Uh, so why not just adjust it and make it value added? Heck, make a shield based variant. <laughs> uh, that's what I would do. I would not say right now, sh- No,
1: I mean like it can't just be one or the other. It needs to be, needs to be a set HP.
0: No, that's fine. Yeah. That, I think that's, I think that's fine. Um,
1: or dual percentage.
0: Yeah. And that's what I would do is, is have variants that give you slightly, slightly more. Now the, I actually would tell you I wish that I had a rep tool that I could juggle uh like a shield factor on like a shield energy like a remote shield energizer. That's a pretty well known mechanic in the Eve world and w- would work basically the exact same way. I would just give give a third value to the uh to the rep tool. Uh, other than just armor on vehicles and uh, armor on infantry, I would be very cool with that. You know, that way you have another options, just more options of equipment to run based on the composition of your squad or the tactical scenario you're in.
1: That that would indeed make like the cavalry sentinel a lot more useful than just being a forge gunner.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and, and I mean, think about this. If you if you look at it from the aspect of how many more options can you give players, a lot of the existing mechanics uh, could work really well. Like all the triage hives, hey, it, fine. Instead of giving out ammo, it's like a, a fucking like a like I said a, a shield in, uh, remote shield energizer or something around that one little circle performs the same function as it would for the. Um, you know, for armor, and anybody who says you know stuff like ah, uh, but you know, Caldari is supposed to be shield tank, this, that, and the other. Yeah, right. Well, t- I'll buy that to a degree, but they're shield focused. That means they should have a way of repping their shields fast or you know, temp buffing their shields. I mean, there, there's a thousand and one things that we could do, or that we would like to have done. Most of which probably won't get done in dust. Uh, but in Legion, there's a lot of room to maneuver as far as this goes. Uh, so, I mean, that's that's kind of how I, uh, I'm i kind of coming down on it.
4: I was always a little perplexed in the lack of a shield transporter uh, tool, since they obviously do exist in EVE and are used yeah, quite frequently, but they don't exist in Dust, and we had them for there, yeah. for a little bit, yeah, but I, I don't know why we never got that. It seems a little strange to me.
2: I think it was another sloppy balance thing. At the time, shields were so overbalanced and so much stronger than armor that adding anything to shields was going to be completely game-breaking, so they just kind of
4: didn't.
0: Hey, I, I I do actually have one question to kind of tee up for you guys. Um, Expelled Dust, uh, he actually dropped me a question here uh, in the Biomass Skype channel. Um, I'll, I'll read it to you guys so I don't, I don't slash it real quick. Hang on. Okay. I can, uh, I can just proposal- ask it directly. Oh, There you are. Nice. Great. Well, before you do that, you're going to have to give a quick intro. Oh, sure.
7: Um, I'm expelled ExpelledDust, um, CPM1 candidate, mostly focusing on expanding ways for people to build out third-party applications that can hook into dust. Um, so I was just um, poking the question on the Biomass channel, which was um, just, just to kick off a conversation about um, the proposed changes to installations. So, because um, people were asking, hey, installations, um, the original plan was they're going to be disposable because we're meant to be able to call them in tact- um, tactically. But seeing as we're never going to be able to call them in on demand. There was a question on the forums, which is getting, what, twenty thirty 30 upvotes so far, of, um, hey, why don't we just buff these turret installations so that they're actually a tactical point on the map now, rather than being something which... Um, t- HAVs go around and just two-shot, um, why don't we buff up the HP on them up to the level of, say, uh, Supply Depot, and that way they're actually fixed points on a map that we can now tact- um, tactically defend, and they're actually worth hacking now. So I just thought I'd kick that conversation off.
6: I'm, I'm in a big favor of it. Um, I, I've talked about it a long time. I don't think it should be free Warpoint candy for, for tank drivers. Um, I think that, uh, you know, honestly, I would take the AI off of it, I would rather see them be as, like as, as nearly indestructible as a CRU, but only useful when manned by a player, so that it, rather than being something that tanks and other vehicle drivers immediately try to take out, something that would remain through the game in most cases, um, and be a like- valid method for infantry to combat vehicles.
5: Um, I'm sorry to point out, we'll still take them out. HKB drivers will still take them out because they're earth <laughs> Even if they're blue, even if they're blue, we always want to take them out because Here's they my not. Be, the pre don't don't guard them, so we will always try to take them out no matter what.
6: If it takes you the first four minutes of the fight to clear them out, are you going to do that?
5: We clear our Ciu, so yes, probably.
6: I think that you'd probably find that if if they're buffed where they should be, that uh, you would you would be handing your your a loss. Um, to your team by by focusing on non-moving objectives and ignoring the actual combat situation, and that's where it needs to be. Is well, they but need to be preserving
5: our own role on the field. If we get killed by that said turret, we won't be any use to the team anyway.
6: But I mean, if there's a certain turret that's in your way, you should have a re- you you then have a reason to take it out. The idea that you just go around and clear all the turrets off the map um, should be something that should be prohibitively hard to do. Um, or at least prohibitively time-consuming to do, to the point that it's not worth your effort. Um, it it renders them pointless. There's if they're if they're not gonna buff them to the extent that and, and keep buffing them to the point that tankers stop bothering trying to remove them before the before the start of the fight, they should just remove them because they're not contributing anything to the game except giving. Tank drivers and uh, swarm launchers, because um, swarm launchers—the only thing they can still kill is installations. They kill those very well, um, <laughs> but uh, there, there's no point in having installations if if they're at a I, level I of tank, tankers focus be, on killing them.
5: I agree, they need to be buffed. That's that's a non-issue. You know, they do need to be buffed so they're actually at least competitive versus another tank. However, um, buffing them to the point where they're stupidly hard to kill. We're, most tankers will still take them out because they're still a threat.
0: No, that's that's fine. You you can do that, but I th- I think the mm-hmm. point is when you shoot something twice and it blows up and it goes away, uh, and all it does ultimately is just feed war points to you to get your first OB. What's the point of it? Right. another 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 big not.
1: problem with the thing though is that they're in terrible locations.
0: Yeah. No, that's legit. No, I'll I'll be very frank with you. Like that that is totally legit. Is the way that they're they're placed tactically. Um, I would. You know, I'd offer that maybe maybe there's a happy medium. There is that if if they were less difficult to kill than a CRU, but clearly harder than they are now. And I think you left the AI on it, so that way, when a tanker shoots it once, the turret can slew to you, and then if you do, if the tank driver who can move and get behind cover and do a lot of different things, um, it, it, you actually have to work. T- to kill the thing, that that's all I would ask, honestly. I'd,
1: yeah, I'd like, um, I the large blaster and large missiles to be, um, normalized to be the same as the tanks because yeah, large, large missile blasters installation, or sorry, large missile installations can shoot, you know, to the end of a map, to the end of a forever. And the, the large blaster turrets can, they've still got the pinpoint accuracy that the turrets used to have on tanks but they still have the and they have the old range.
4: Yeah, I think the key point here is that they should be more difficult to kill but not to a point where it's ridiculous where tankers can still take them out, but they need to be more tactically choosy on well, which ones to take out because right. of the time constraints. I, I don't think that, that that's Zell is trying that's to say what that I'm it is the time right, constraints.
6: I, if my to clarify that is is that I feel that you should that there should be a deciding point I can take out the t- I can take out the turrets so that they won't all of the turrets ahead of time so they won't be a threat to me, but that holds me out of the battle for a long enough point that I may be hurting my team because I can't provide them the support that they well, need.
0: Well, th- there's a bigger part or, to it because I I, th- I I would tell you that the minute I figured out it took a tank if he got fixated on turrets. The first thing I spawn in with is a big boy AV fit, and then I park myself in a place where I know he's got to go, and I'm going to kill your tank before you can kill that turret. And I, I think that's actually the bigger thing. It's it's You're right, it would take time, Soraya, but the, it would not take long for people to figure out then spawn in with AV gear if somebody's stupid enough to, to try to roll tanks that way. And You won't get away with that long. It would take maybe a week and a half bef- before people stop doing it. Uh, or what would happen is tanks would rack pack together, and then try to do like, and they would try to alpha turrets. Which, which, by the way, I would be very okay with that if it took if two to three tanks patrolled in together, and then they tried to alpha sure. turrets. I'm okay with that. I, yeah. I don't have a problem it just, with
6: that. It needs effort, coordination, something. It it needs to be a decision point, not a oh look, there's some free war points I get because I'm pl- because I'm a tanker. Um, that's, on that, on that
2: note, point. the uh, turrets also need to be able to have their radius of targeting go up somewhat more. Because if we make all these changes that make it a tactical asset to combat vehicles, and an ADS can still just hover above it and pop all of them without any real effort, because they simply can't aim upward very far, then you've just recreated the problem in a slightly different form.
0: That's true. Well, you need to do that with all turrets. I mean, you know, I, I mean the fact that.
1: Including vehicle ones.
0: Yeah, no, that's my yeah. I'm, right, that's why I keep saying like the small rail turret right now is the best thing going for against an ADS. Uh, because you can max elevate that thing to almost like five degrees or something like that. The uh, But anything else, it's, you know, once that ADS gets in close vertically to a vehicle, it's fucking done.
3: They need to fix small turns and that basically the elevation relationship with the vehicle. Because if you're like parking a hill and you're trying to shoot something with your small turret... It the aiming's way off. <laughs>
0: I'm trying to think. Trying to think when I would have done that. The uh, I, I haven't had too many problems with it. I'm, I'm not saying it's not there. It's just I haven't experienced that yet. It's most noticeable with a small rail gun. No, I mean that's what I use almost exclusively. I didn't, I'm that's what I'm saying is like I don't. I'm trying to think of a time when I remember. Are you saying like the reticle goes off or something? No, the where the shot
3: lands and where the reticle is are two entirely different things. If you're not parked on a perfectly flat spot,
0: I've I have not noticed that. Um... And I've I've taken out more than a few dropships recently with a small turret. Hey, Cross, when we were running that the other day, did you did you have any issues with the aiming mechanic on the, the rail turret? I
2: did not specifically. We were mobile a fair amount, but to some extent, while it's anecdotal, I almost feel like that uh, goes to show that at least for us, we were in a good position as far as the aiming goes because most of the shots were landing. That being said, what Iron Wolf's talking about is if you're not on a flat surface, and we were mostly tank hunting on roads, so we were flat if mobile.
7: That's fair.
3: Okay. Also, you're aiming at really large targets, too, so... That does
2: help.
4: It, it becomes a lot more noticeable on on longer ranges against smaller targets. Like back when the the large railguns had uh, you know the six hundred meter range, you, you it was extremely noticeable that the, the bullet did not land where you were actually aiming it. At least at the small rails, you're if you can hit it, it's probably close enough to not really notice that that uh, difference if you're on level ground.
0: Okay, uh, that that's pretty fair. The um, I think I think at at the end of the day, it's all about can you make more things on the map worth fighting for and. It sounds to me like like a moderate HP buff to to turrets would be pretty legit. I, I would also tell you, and I'll even pull a, pull one out of you know sort of out of the jackal you know card deck. If you cut the number of spawns that a spawn uplink could drop, uh, you know dramatically, you would immediately increase the importance of uh, the CRU pods. And, and I'm not advocating for that. I'm just using that as an example of there's different ways to make things on the map other than the panel on the objective kind of important.
2: I really haven't experienced the CRUs being irrelevant. I've experienced a lot of play, uh, players treating them as irrelevant, but I haven't experienced them actually being irrelevant very often at all.
1: Yeah, I a mean, I, highly... I, I really I really request that um, the the vehicle pilots will take out the CRU because when it's, when it's like near your home point and skirmish and somebody takes that it's just it's so incredibly inconvenient and to take it back
6: i would say less that it's irrelevant entirely it's irrelevant for your team to spawn out with because of drop-up links it's not irrelevant it's the only relevance it has is that it's hard to get rid of because your only issue is if the enemy has it you don't really need it yourself in most cases if you're if you're on a defensive side you don't want... Like, if you're defending, you don't even want a CRU. And because you no, have better yeah, up you
0: No, Yeah, you do. No, the reason you want it is because that's usually the thing that you can hard spawn on. That's the last thing you'll be able to hard spawn on in order to try to regain the momentum at whatever location you're defending. See,
1: that's the, that's the complete opposite of the way if I'm looking at it. It's, it's the thing you want to start momentum after you've been pushed out on the offensive.
3: Yeah, because...
7: It
0: provides an instantaneous spawn point, and it's yeah, hard. So it's, I'm it's pretty hard. sure that's what I just said. It's also faster a lot of... Yeah, but it, it works the same way. If you, you just hand it off an objective and all your uplinks are gone, that's what you can spawn in on because it's the longest to, to kill it or flip it. Just like if you're, if you're on the offense, usually the very first thing you take is not the panel, it's the CRU. I think you're both
4: agreeing with each other. It's just either from an attacker or defender standpoint for that objective.
0: Yeah, no, I buy that.
2: It's also faster than most uplinks now. I mean, the Amarsu side.
4: I mean, this kind of goes back to what, I was, what we were talking about earlier, um, in that if something is difficult to do, it should be the most efficient in doing that. So uplinks are easy you drop them um they're there you know that you can put them wherever you want that's easy to do it should take longer to spawn on those where CRU you actually to get in there hack it it's hard pointed you it's only there you you should have a faster spawn time and the same thing goes for kind of what jack was talking about earlier it's kind of a throwback to the previous discussion but the idea of kind of active uh active equipment i mean you kind of see it as in like a, a repair nanohive is easy. You drop on the ground, it reps people. You don't have to target anyone. It reps at a certain rate, whereas a repair tool is far more efficient because you actually have to follow the guy around. You have to be actively involved in it. And and I think, you know, it's, it's, if you kind of maintain that philosophy, you've got a lot of options for things you can do to make things a little more balanced or interesting, but without restricting people to saying, oh, you can only do it this way. So I, I kind of see more of that in terms of spawning and, and equipment and whatnot.
0: And I think that could go you know, a long way. I think that's pretty legit, actually. I mean, they're, they're, like I said, to, to me, it's all about how many more options do you give players, and then they can choose to take them or not, or, you know, frankly, come up with novel or emergent approaches, which two weeks earlier would have been, you know, absolute, you know, idiocy. It's like, hey, that, there's no way that'll work. But somebody figures out a way to make it work or to change the meta, and, and that's, that's the thing that I enjoy about, you know, Dust and Eve, frankly, is that it's deep enough uh, that you can do that. And I think that's pretty cool. So let's see. We've got a couple different topics bubbling out here that we probably want to talk about. Um, yep. Okay. So we got one chiming in on, on, uh, ask for a little bit about the election. So I guess we can give a quick update on sort of where we're at for the election. Um, my understanding is they're going to start voting on July seventh. Is that, is that what you guys are tracking? Yeah,
6: they're going to they're going to have yep. it going from July seventh to July twenty second. Um, but the the big concern right now is that uh, you know they started at the beginning of the, of of June they started taking applications for candidates and they've kind of been uh, approving them as they go and in particular a couple weeks ago um, a list of nine candidates uh, was announced as approved. Um, and then there's just there's just been this big absence of any further approvals. And we're hearing, you know, um, I believe the word is that everyone will be approved by Wednesday of, of next week here. And that's going to leave them five days between being officially on the list and people being able to vote for them. And I'm a little concerned that's that's a bit short for some of them to, to work with. Um, because we have had, I had someone as soon as that that post went up about the approved candidates actually um i did have someone on skype actually message me and say well you know congrats on being uh, you know on cpm one dude there's only nine candidates and there's seven seats and i'm like there's not only nine candidates you're you're not correct and unfortunately you know there are, there's definitely a perception people have that the uh existing list is all we're gonna get and that's that's definitely far from the truth
4: yeah, I was kind of frustrated that when I saw the email go out for, hey, check out this form for, you know, all the CPM1 candidates. Oh. And I'm like, uh, yeah, we're, we're missing... We're missing quite a few people, myself included. And I I shot Logibro an email at that time and said, Hey, can I get a confirmation on what's going on? And he emailed me back within like three minutes. Like he was really like quick about it. I'm like, Well, okay, you know, I would have liked to confirm you actually had the uh had the, the application when I submitted it, you know, uh, over a week ago. So I, a lot of people are really frustrated. I know uh it's what three weeks you said?
1: Um yeah, I mean I emailed Logibro on after the tenth business day. Um and it was like um yeah, we'll email you when it happens and I didn't really get any information other than IA you know, um affairs is still looking at it. And that's pretty much it.
6: Yeah, that's what uh I, I think uh Ironwolf checked on that and, and said that everybody was everybody was still in the IA phase.
7: Yep, I can confirm that's where I'm stuck for the last twelve days.
1: Yeah, I'm on day twenty two now. I would say
0: that if I mean, if you think about the election starts on the 7th and they're probably not going to be working beyond what the 4th, then if it's not done by the 4th, then your name's not up for the election. So that that tells me that's grounds for them to move the actual election window to the right. Why would an Icelandic company celebrate July 4th? I didn't say anything about July 4th. July 4th is on a Friday. Talk about Friday, not the holiday.
4: Yeah, I mean, what kind of concerns me is that the email I got back was, well, you know, assuming there's no problems, you know, because you submitted your app before the deadline, you'll get in. And my thought is, well, <laughs> if there's a problem I can fix, am I screwed then? Because you finally got around to reviewing it after the deadline, and if I typoed something, do you – am I out then? You know, I, how's that going to work? I think if people get screwed because of poor turnaround time, that's going to be real problematic.
6: Well, you know, depending, it may be very important that – uh candidates be checking their inbox next uh you know this this coming week um in case something does come up so that they can respond quickly um because i do know i i do believe there can be some back and forth if uh an issue is found for for someone to kind of kind of speak up about it
0: yeah and and again yeah i i have a a certain amount of empathy for I, i think pretty much all of you guys are actually running uh other than like again other than me so it I see the position you're in and it's different because I'm pretty, pretty cognizant of what's going on with the elections. And I know most of you, you know, one degree or another. So it's simple for me, but when you think about it, the majority of people like don't know you, all they're going to get is what they might see on the forums. And and again, the forums are a relatively small part of the population dust. So my assumption is whatever's going to happen, you're going to get a, Uh, a blurb on the opening screen that says go to this website, you know, go to the Dust website to vote. It might explain something about what the CPM is. Like, my opinion, what they should be doing is every time you load your screen, like, starting, like, two weeks ago, there should have been a CPM coming up, CPM log coming up. This is what the CPM is, so that way you have to, like, at least it's in front of people's face, like, every time they load the game up.
3: Well, currently, the MOTD on Dust does have a link, well, Not non-clickable, but it does have a link to the um, blog that's currently up right now about the elections.
4: Okay.
0: I mean... uh,
4: I must have missed that then. Yeah,
0: I totally don't see that every time I open the screen up. I mean, what they're showing me is
5: still the HotFix
0: Bravo stuff. Yeah, uh,
5: Look, underneath it, there's actually a next topic in the scroll down, but no one ever scrolls down.
0: Yeah, I would have never known that. Like, they need yeah. to get rid of the Hotfix Bravo shit, which has already happened, and then put whatever the, the current New Dust stuff is up there.
6: Well, hopefully next week they'll go all out with it. Really, I would love to see them, actually, and I, I hope they push, like, a, an email newsletter thing about it. Um, That would be really great if they could get that going next week um, so that everybody knows... Um. You know, even if they they haven't logged in, you know, this week or something. Um, and I think it's going to be a big deal for um, alliances and corps to, to send out to everybody and just just tell them, look, here's a, here's the election. You should vote in it, no matter who you're voting for. Vote, participate, because the more legitimacy that the election has, the, the more that the the more legitimate it, it'll appear to um, you know Eve players as well, which is very important that they they respect. The property in in a manner that um, you know gives CCP the leeway to say you know enough people want this for there to be more game integration. Um, and I know that's a big part of having the vote match involved. too, um, you know is is that that's a very respected organization, uh, Eve side, and um, it's pretty cool that they are going to be doing a vote match for Dust as well.
4: Speaking of that, if people want to submit questions for the vote match, I think they are taking them on the form. So get on there yeah, there's and a check it out.
6: for it. Um, and for those who don't know, the Vote Match is um, a, a pretty awesome site where um, all, of, all of the candidates will be presented questions that they can uh, submit their answers to, and then uh, prospective voters can take the same, the same questions and answer them, as well as indicating how important those topics are to, um, to them. And then the Vote match site will use that to um, present to you a kind of a ranked list of how uh, closely aligned you are with different candidates. And so if you don't know everybody really well, um, it could be a really great way to, to kind of see who's, who's agreeing with you on topics that you may not have seen them discuss.
1: I really like that it looks like they're going to wait to post anything until after all the candidates are up.
0: Yeah, I'll be honest with you. It wouldn't surprise me if they move the voting period to the right, just just because of this. I mean, let's be real. Like if if, if in general CCP works, you know, two weeks to the right of whatever date they originally set, uh, which we're kind of running true to form. And my other, my understanding, maybe Iron Wolf, you can throw this. You can chime in on this, is that. I, I think Logibro and Rattati are kind of the only people running this election. I mean, they're, they're doing all the work for this, right? Uh, Rattati is still
3: specifically working on Dust514. He's not doing anything with the elections, mostly. It is mostly still all Logibro's show. He's working closely with web team and a couple other community managers in order to make
0: this election possible. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean if you think about it, that's just an additional duty on top of anything else he's got going on so and he's not C- just the community manager
6: he's also been doing some of the the work directly with the dev team as well so it's he's he's kind of doing like triple duty or something right now because they you know got they downsized some of our favorite community members ccp
3: logic bros main priority is still to cpm he's the cpm handler and invest as forth it's
4: yeah, I mean, I'm fine if they're running behind schedule, that's cool. Just make sure enough time is given for all things that need to happen to actually happen and not rush things. Because, I mean, kind of like kinda like I mentioned before, I don't want any issues to arise where, you know, you've got issues with applications or, or links said where There's not really enough time to get your name out there if you haven't necessarily been campaigning ahead of time, you know. Maybe yeah. getting an extra week may be beneficial and really not that harmful.
6: I mean, my I told you so is that uh, I I think I might have even said this in my initial campaign post, uh, you know, like months ago. And obviously, I didn't expect it to take uh, anywhere near this long to get to an election date. Um, But I I started early um, because I I had this feeling that when when CCP did it, it would end up feeling very, very rushed. And, uh, you know, it, it does seem that that may be the case again.
2: Yeah, as anxious as I am to actually have the elections done and in the bag, I would much rather than take a little bit more time and make sure that all of the candidates are not only cleared but have some time to campaign and present themselves, because a better field just makes for a better CPM, regardless of who's on it.
4: Absolutely.
0: Yeah, I, and and don't get me wrong, I actually I, I still have a great amount of admiration for you know the work that Logibro does for you know for the community. I trust me, I'm not poking on that. I think my only point is that my understanding right now is. You, you still have to petition to get your thread moved over to the new, newly formed or recently formed rather, uh, speakers, air, you know, or candidate area. You've, there, there's some hoops you got to go through, and if you're not recognized as a legitimate candidate, but effectively legitimate in the eyes of CCP, you're not. If you're not recognized as that until immediately prior to the election. That's that is honestly a little bit problematic, and, and when I say moving to the right, you know, I, I put fun at them a little bit, but it would, it seems like it would be better for them unless they're they're being driven, you know, by internal forces to to want to push it through, and, and and in all honesty, that's fine. To I mean, if that's what has to happen, that's cool. Um, and don't get me wrong, I, I'm also not saying that uh, I'm not trying to nitpick either. I'm actually really glad as just a member of the community that you know the elections are you know, looking like they're going to come to fruition because I think we've all been waiting for, waiting on for a long time. Um, and not the least of which is the folks actually sitting on the CPM zero now. What, well, other than iron Wolf Saber, who's running again, but so that that's just one of those things that it's, I, I, I don't think anybody doesn't want them to get this right. You know, not the least of which is themselves, uh, because, you know, from their perspective, what they have to do is, you know, they they have to set the conditions for these, you know, folks that they're going to work with, you know, to a degree, for however long that CPM one's in place. Um, and I think they would prefer to get it right and have a good relationship with the player community, such as it is, as opposed to not doing it right and then having, you know, some kind of drama-filled, you know, period CPM one period. Uh, but again, that's just as a, an outsider with zero inside information, just offering a perspective on it. Um, we're hitting at about the hour and 20 minute mark. So I'll gonna throw it up. If anybody's getting any last minute topics or things you want to, they want to hop on real quick or, or mention that uh, that's been going on, let me know. Uh, and if not, we'll probably start shout outs in a little bit. So you guys got anything you want to, you want to kick out there one more time?
3: I'll just like to quickly say that TPM zero is the longest cancel on either game's history so far. And it's,
0: it's been a long term for anybody just about. <laughs> no, that's entirely understandable. Uh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Okay. looks like we're going to go ahead and start up with shout outs. And what we'll do is we'll just, you know, like I said, normal, normal skit guys, just shout out to anybody you want or for anything. So we'll start with Appia.
1: Um, shout out to CCP Logi Bro for doing the election and for unbanning me from the forums back in January.
0: That's pretty legit. <laughs> okay, and candidate Sarayazal. <laughs>
6: um, I'm I'm gonna give a shout out to to Hynox who I, I heard uh, released a new story today, and so uh, he he deserves he deserves his uh name and lights for that. Um, I haven't seen it yet, but I, I do hear it's out. Um, I also give a shout out to um CCP Logibro as well. Um, just just to further annoy uh, the thunder from down under there. Oh, um, that means we're all doing it now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, a, sh- a shout-out to uh, my my guys in topmat
0: Okay, and Cross?
2: Um, give a shout-out to all of the new players. Yes, they still exist, and they're still trying out the game. And guys, I hope that you've at least taken the time to start paying attention to the election, even if you're not in the voting requirement and talk to people about it, but mostly just... Glad to have folks in the game who are still playing and maybe a little bit less bitter vet than my present company, myself included.
0: <laughs> okay.
3: Iron Wolf. I'd like to give a shout out to Free Beers because despite having so many arguments with him, at least he makes me think other ways, at least.
0: Word. Very nice. Alright, Pokey.
4: Again a shout out to Lodge Bro. I apologize if I was a little uh, anxious and freaked out of my email when I asked for confirmation on my application, but uh I think my concerns are understandable, but uh, you know I appreciate you doing this for us. Finally getting to push through, I think we've all been very did you like, anxious.
0: Like Trying to, to like harm his pet koala or something? Uh,
4: n- not not quite that much, but I was <laughs> I was definitely anxious because I was a little concerned about the the, the, the situation on the uh, application, you know, and whatnot. So. But yeah, thanks, thanks to him, uh, thanks to all the guys for coming on the show again. Lots of fun to have you here, good discussion, and uh, shout out to uh, OSG. You guys are awesome. I know you're having lots of fun playing with the event right now, so
0: let's keep it up. Okay, and Black jackal
5: well, As everyone's pointing out, I was going to do a shout out to Logie Bro, fellow down under person, obviously. Um, but yeah, uh, thanks for putting in every effort you've got, you've been uh, putting in. For the for the game in general, uh, obviously for CCB Watati as well. Um, you've been doing some great work. Keep it up. I want you to make dust as close to the game as it should have been, as as humanly possible. Uh, also, shout out to all my other guys in uh, the Final Resolution Alliance, uh, including uh, the Southern Legion, all my Aussie Bros and New Zealand Bros, and all the uh, US and EU people who have uh, recently joined us. And we're having a lot of fun.
0: Awesome, and uh, for for a couple shout-outs tonight. Uh, uh, again, uh, would like to just give a shout out to the community. As 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 frictious as it is sometimes, and, and on on the verge of being toxic occasionally, it's a very tight group group of players that uh, that play Dust. Even if they're not on the forums there, or they're not in Skype or whatever, but when you play with guys, it's it's a lot of fun. I I played a lot of. Uh, you know, lobby shooter style games or a lot of, you know, uh, multiplayer games in the past. And um, as painful as it is, sometimes it's, it's a, it is a pretty strong community and we've lost a lot of players since FanFest, but you know what? Cross is right. A lot of new guys have come on board and the numbers are, aren't that much different than prior to FanFest, which is what that tells me, but it's pretty interesting. Uh, and it speaks a little bit to the game. Uh, and one of the things I would say is that a lot of the new bros coming in who, don't know that much about the history of where dust came from you know they don't have the same sort of data glasses that they're wearing like we do you know the game is actually not that bad it's actually pretty decent particularly for a free-to-play game on Sony uh, you know and that's mostly coming from folks that you know are new to the game like joined like a month or two ago so they haven't seen the trials and tribulations that we have so I give a shout out to the community and particularly all the new bros coming in uh, and beyond that, uh, all the folks that are here that show up and actually make the show possible—so Appia, Cross, Iron Wolf, uh, and uh, and Jackal—really appreciate you guys coming on. Uh, and it's a lot of fun to do this. It's one of these things that you know I could spend the time playing the game, or occasionally posting on a forum, or doing whatever. But it, it's a lot of fun just to sit here and talk to you guys and kick, kick ideas back and forth. And it's even more, it's, a, it's even more fun for me. Uh, and this goes back to the community shout out when I can take questions that folks are asking me either on Skype or Twitter or email. And they're, they're asking me, Hey, can you guys talk about this on the show? Or can you have this person on the show? Uh, because it tells me we're actually trying to, you know, we're actually reaching folks out there and we're providing some good, t- good content. Any MMO is all about content. So,
6: but it also, it also it also tells you that talking about the game is more <laughs> fun than playing it sometimes. Just sometimes, well,
0: though. It, it can be. It, it, it could always be fun. But I I I can I will tell you this, though. And this is kind of the last thing for our, before I close this out. Every time I've come off of one of these Sunday night uh, episodes, I will take something somebody else said that they did in the game, and I will try it usually that night or, or on Monday night. And, and I usually have a lot of fun doing that. So... Yes, I know, and I got my free plasma cannons the other day, so I'll probably try them out. So, <laughs> i see the rope shake. Oh, God, I, I, the last thing I want is you helping me on anything, man. <laughs> <laughs>
6: What's that supposed to mean? <laughs> I love how that was whispered, too. It was it, was like, it was like a, a, just, just like a uh, you know, subconscious... Subliminal uh,
1: message, yeah. Yeah, subliminal <laughs> message. Plasma cannons, plasma
0: cannons, plasma cannons. Little CK Zero Scout suit, like sitting on my left shoulder, and the little, like you know, Caldari fat guy sitting on my right shoulder talking to me. It's funny. Um,
1: <laughs> so, that, both me?
0: Yes, I know. <laughs> we, we will close this episode out. Otherwise, we we'll probably just keep talking for the next couple of hours. But because uh, we do have a lot of fun on this show, guys, so uh, appreciate everybody listening. Sorry that the live stream wasn't up. Uh, we do apologize for that. But we will have this up on iTunes uh, directly probably tonight. Raya is very quick about that. And, again, any feedback on the episode is, or, or really the show in general, just get a hold of me, Pokey, or Sariah. Uh We're very accessible to this. Just get a hold of us. And we would love to take your suggestions if you have topics you want to put up or if you have very specific guests you want to bring or something like that. Just let us know. And who knows? Maybe we'll even have Pinox come on and do a reading one time as long as we can make there's no kids in the room. So. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, thank C you. Plus. There you go. Alright, with that, thank you very much, and this will close the BiomI show.
6: And cut.